0: Hi, I'm Etta Watts-Russell, and I'm the founder and CEO of Lactamo. And Femtech to me is supporting women, um, driving change um, to make women feel empowered and to initiate and drive and lead in this space, hand in hand with
1: the the wider Femtech movement. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with Femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. In today's interview, I... I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. In today's episode, I interview Etta Watts-Russell, founder and CEO of Lactimo. Lactimo is a specialized ball specifically designed and developed to facilitate and promote breastfeeding. Lactimo harnesses the power of breast massage, compression, heating, and cooling. Breast massage and temperature may be helpful in providing relief for the most common breastfeeding challenges. Lactamo helps clear blocked ducts, relieve swelling and pain, fight off infection, stimulate milk production and flow, and aid the letdown reflux. Approximately one in five breastfeeding moms get metastasis. Metastasis is an inflammation of the breast tissue that sometimes involves an infection. The inflammation results in breast pain, swelling, warmth, and redness. Extensive studies recommend breast massage in lactation, and the combination of temperature, movement, and compression for the resolution of breastfeeding issues. Check out the Lactamo Ball at www.lactimo.com. That's L-A-C-T-A-M-O.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Etta, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. You're in Australia, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. So thanks for making time at the end of your day for this. It's morning here, (laughs) end of your day there. So yeah, I was like a 6pm
1: interview. Like (laughs) I'm interfering with your social life there. I know. No, no, no. When I, uh, I still had a full-time job as an investor. um, And I started this kind of as like a side project. I did most of my interviews on weekends and um I didn't mind that right because this is like extracurricular like what my hobby or whatever but uh uh and then I forgot that that I allow people to book me on weekends and it took me a few months into like working full-time that I was like oh wait what wow, Saturdays uh uh-huh. uh-huh,
0: yeah but no I think um definitely these sort of conversations are um sort of less work conversations to me yeah. it's just more chat to people like you um you know same space um you know same circles and everything and yeah it's just a pleasure to be um to be on here thanks
1: oh of course and admittedly I've done uh, like over 130 interviews and right. I will admit listeners I'll admit there are some times that I'm like oh like an interview like I got a put the camera on I gotta but every time I start talking to someone in femtech I'm just like oh my god I love it never mind yeah
0: I think there's certain people who I kind of have job envy over Um, and I think like the diversity of the people that you speak to is awesome so um, definitely some envy there my
1: goodness well we love to kick off our episodes with learning more about our guests so we'd love to learn where you're from did you go to school? What did you study? Did you have a career before working in women's health? And how did you end up here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in Australia now. I've been here for 12, 12 odd years, um, but originally from the UK, um, married to a Swede. Um, and so, yeah, just generally a bit international. Um, and um, so, so, yeah, before coming to Australia, I was um, a qualified lawyer in the UK, um, working at a corporate law firm there. And then moved over here 2009 and continued my, um, my corporate career, legal career um, in Australia with um, one of Australia's um, corporate commercial law firms here. Um, and then about six years ago, moved to an in-house um, uh, company where I was in the legal team there as well. And then, drumroll, handed in my notice um, probably about six weeks ago now. So um, yeah. since then, I haven't checked my bank balance. <laughs> 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 But I've been focused um completely now on Lactimo, um, which is is just is great to be able to have that focus now. I think that um, you know, with, with any new startup, there's there's always going to be that sort of um juggle at the beginning of whether you bootstrap, <clears throat> how you bootstrap, whether you can afford that, whether you need to dilute straight away. Um just I suppose that sort of investment of thinking this is now my full-time job and if it fails then you know what am I going to do so I didn't have that pressure for the first 18 months because I was you know had my other job as well yeah um which was a positive and a neg- negative in lots of different ways but really great to have been able to get to this sort of stage and to be able to commit properly to to Lactamo now so um so yes yeah, so as I said been in Australia for um for 12 12 odd years originally moved over here thinking it was just going to be um a sort of a um a sabbatical or you know a short stint here Mm -hmm. um, and fully planned on going back to the UK and settling down there and um, I think it was like day one day two in Australia that me and my husband we just said wow we're staying here forever this is awesome (laughs) it's exactly what we wanted so um, yeah so the anchor's properly down and four kids later um, and it really feels like home here so um, and yes we're far away but you know everything is well I say everything is just a plane ride away yes it's two plane rides away um if those planes ever do actually start <laughs> start going again but um no i think um, you know we're also online these days aren't we so yeah, yeah. Um, you know as as far as that can be good enough um you know we can t- keep in touch um and be connected um you know back with with family in europe um yeah. But, um, but, you know, it's, it's a, obviously a strange time at the moment and um, and things are a bit different. So, yeah, positives and negatives. But, yeah, just re- really grateful for everything that we've got um, here in Australia, family-wise at the moment and, and setup-wise.
1: Well, I'm really excited to hear about your company and what led up to it. But really quickly, since you just mentioned this whole, like, I quit my day job, I'm going all in. Um, yeah. Is that a, you know, that's a very, like... America, the American dream, right? In the United States, like you tell people you're quitting your job to start a company. Yeah, some people might be like, you're a little crazy, but it's really part of the energy here. Like everyone's like, yeah, just like go for it. Like, whoo, you know, YOLO, yeah. right? <laughs> like, just go do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And In I think, Australia,
1: and- is it common or is it like, are people like, you're
0: crazy? Yeah I suppose I only know what I know here so I don't really know how that compares with um the the sentiment elsewhere but definitely I feel like I'm really surrounded by friends who um who have that same attitude who you know if they have an idea or you know something that's um you know that's a bit different to what they're doing go for it try it or whatever and I would say like I feel really old these days you know saying four children and you know really old um but um with that comes responsibility obviously and so I suppose it really depends what sort of stage of life you're at as well so when I was younger I perhaps um had more of a sort of like a dive-in approach and you know I packed up and went traveling for a year and didn't wear shoes for that whole year that sort of thing and so now I'm kind of like okay I've got to wear shoes and I've got to have some sort of income
1: (laughs) and something you're like
0: yeah exactly so I'm I'm trying to get the grown up balance, but, but no, absolutely where you've got, um, I suppose, like realistic, um, a realistic opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I suppose where you've got that sort of energy to go for it, then, um, then definitely, I think there's definitely um, that sort of attitude here as well. Um, And that was my feeling, but it was great that I could be, I suppose, a bit more conservative and um, make sure that I could carry on feeding the children by keeping my my other job for, um, I suppose, sort of, you know, the first 18 months of, of set up and and keep that sort of income there. Just um, it took the pressure and the stress off. And um, and I think that especially as women, we put a lot of pressure and expectation on ourselves.
1: Um, uh, financial amounts. yes, yeah. And, <laughs>
0: yep. and it, it's just a matter of saying, you know, um, I certainly wouldn't call it um this now but it was a hobby to start off with which I would never say to an investor yeah. Don't listen to an investor, but it, it started off as a hobby it's yeah. not a hobby anymore but I suppose if you sort of wrap it up in the early days as that mentally then um, it takes it just you you approach it with a different sort of energy so it's definitely yeah. not a hobby anymore um, <laughs> and um, and it's the real deal and it's um, you know I'm really running with it now and it's great to have been able to have that sort of start to it
1: well, tell us what is Lactimo and how did the idea for the company come about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Lactamoe is all about breastfeeding. Um, and I, well, I previously didn't have an understanding of femtech or even the medtech space, to be honest. Um, and it was actually when I became a mother that I realized how um, underserved the femtech industry is. So mm. I went into very little understanding. I thought that um, that childbirth was the difficult part. Um you just hear all these horror stories, like from a very young age of, you know, the horrors of childbirth um, and so that was my that was my only focus and I tried to sort of you know ignore all of that and not watch any sort of you know these horror documentaries tv shows and stuff and everything before um, before having children but that was my focus and breastfeeding just wasn't even on my radar as a potential difficulty Um, I just assumed it'd be easy that there would be like an on-off button when you wanted to feed. It would just, you know, there would be exactly the right amount of milk. It's the digitalization, isn't it? On-off button of our world. But no, but realistically, I just thought that, um, you know, there would always be exactly the right amount and that would be really easy. Um, So I suppose there's a lot of um, different things to say about that. You know, managing expectations, which you can apply to most things. But I was just really surprised um, that I found breastfeeding difficult and I felt like such a failure. I had these expectations on myself that I would, um, you know, be able to, um, you know, feed for, you know, whatever sort of duration. um, and, um, And I just found it difficult from the beginning there. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, the the benefits of breastfeeding are well are well known. Um, and I I think one focus for lacto is that I never want to um, sort of I suppose um, um, in any way criticize people who choose not to breastfeed or um, who mix feed, formula feed, whatever. That's not what lacto is about at all. I use formula and have absolutely you know, no issue with that at all. I suppose really what my focus is on um, with Lactamo is on giving mothers the best possible success together with the best possible experience. So there's absolutely no dialogue around, you know, whether that is, um, you know, the right choice for that mother or that baby. That's the mother's mother's choice completely there. So that's definitely not a focus um, uh, for the brand but um so so the benefits of breastfeeding are well known if that's what mothers choose to do um but most mothers experience um problems it's 92 percent of mothers who experience common breastfeeding problems and something that really surprised me I know obviously um UNICEF and the World Health, Health Organization they've done so much research into the into the space in terms of you know trying to um, promote it give it a platform so they've done some really awesome research and all of their statistics obviously being who they are is so credible but they've they've uh, they've got some fantastic um well not fantastic they've got some um some very some eye openers in terms of what they say they're not fantastic statistics or quotes um but it's it's important that they're shedding the light on the problem in this way so one that surprised me at the beginning was just um it was unicef who said that no country in the world meets the recommended standards for breastfeeding so like going back to me i thought it was just my problem i thought i was a failure and I thought that with all of my children. Um, and then I started to talk to other mothers and realized that they had similar problems. OK, so it's me and my friends realized it was a national problem. And then UNICEF told me it was actually a global problem. So um, so it's, um, you know, while it's um, a natural act, it's also a learned behavior um, in in many ways, breastfeeding, which um, which is interesting um, and and. So, as a um, it was it was when I had my third child um, that I had the idea for Lactamo, Um and I started just to sort of I suppose to unpick, you know, what the problem was uh, or the problems plural were, um, and what potential solutions to those problems would be, um, and how that would translate in terms of help for mothers um, as well, because. You know, each mother shouldn't have to go through that process of getting to their third child and saying, "Okay, what's the problem? What's the solution? How can we offer this, whatever?" It's just got to be, you know, more um, more proactive rather than reactive. There.
1: What are um, some of the most common breastfeeding problems? So I always thought, like, oh, the breast shows up, the breast, you know, yeah, the, yeah. or the milk, the milk shows up, milk comes out, blah blah. blah. But yeah, exactly, my, uh, yeah, on, you've got your on/off button. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's um
0: the the common breastfeeding problems, the physical problems, are oversupply, undersupply, pain, blocked ducts, engorgement, and mastitis. And mastitis is is that really awful infection, which actually one in five breastfeeding mothers gets, and it's an acute debilitating condition. Um, and it's just, you know, the statistics are just, are just so high there. And mastitis often leaves mothers so traumatized that they just stop mm-hmm. breastfeeding because they just say, I don't want to ever experience. Yeah. It again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so, um, so really, I suppose, seeing the problem um, seeing what I realized would be a solution for me in speaking to friends and then wider lactation consultants, I realized that that was, actually really excitingly uh, a solution for all of those common breastfeeding problems um, and so you know on the one hand um, you know oversupply is is um, it has the ability to be treated in the same way as undersupply which is really interesting it's basically the application of temperature movement and compression was what I was um, finding from all of my research was those th- the combination of those cr- three key things had the ability to um to resolve those um those key breastfeeding issues or to at least address those key breastfeeding issues and so essentially what that is is breast massage in lactation including including that and um, that heat aspect to it or that cold aspect to it depending on on what the problem is there and um, so all of the sort of um the advice, whether it's on your generic, um, you know, baby centre website, which mums will directly read, or whether it's in your journals, there's just so much, um, uh, so much um, advice to apply temperature movement and compression for these different issues. there's just no translation of that advice into a product um which just really um
1: always just says use your hand right it says in the shower use your
0: hand yeah and and i think i'd i have two problems with that one is that a lot of mums aren't comfortable um with using their hand, and it's kind of because often because they're new to breastfeeding and so they you know if you have like a sore leg um, it wouldn't be instinctive to say well I'll massage the area you just say I'm just going to leave it because it's really sore and there's yeah. a big lump on it and I'm not going to massage a lump on my leg or whatever so it's it's not a sort of um, it's not an area where people are well versed and you know they understand they've done this forever it's it's a new um, it's a new chapter in their lives and Without that sort of understanding, um, there's a, I I suppose, a reluctancy to do that. So I'd say that's the first issue that I have with that. But the second issue is, um, I suppose, even if people understand that that's a good way to resolve it, um, I think there's an assumption in some ways correctly that there's some sort of technique to do that. There's, I mean, there's some very basic techniques in that um, milk ducts all flow towards the nipple. And so, um, you know, the common sense tells you, and, and you know, it is the case that you should massage towards the nipple there, basically. Um and so um and so there's a couple of points like that which i think are the main reasons why um people aren't um you know doing that um that with their hands themselves and i think you know as you get further through your breastfeeding journey have more children or whatever then that um becomes more obvious there but i think there's just a real gap in the market um in particular for those two reasons for a product that facilitates that um, and often with your hand as well um, you can't get that um, heat or cold aspect to it. So um, you know your hands are just one temperature. sure you can try and warm them up or whatever, but it's often the heat aspect which is really helpful to it, just that natural unblocking of the ducts there um, or you know or, or sometimes it's the cold aspect that you need there as well. so um, so yeah, so in um, having my third child um, when she was very young, I had this idea. And I could visualize it and I knew what it would look like. And I knew that it would help me spoke to, you know, different, um, different people realised that it had the potential to help others as well. So the lawyer in me went and got um, a provisional provisional patent, (laughs) don't roll your eyes, a provisional patent for the idea. (laughs) And that just really puts like a spade in the ground, basically. So it it buys you that thinking time and thinking time you know is really valuable with any sort of new idea there provisional patent is is cheap and easy to get um and so it was just a matter of thinking. Okay, um, let's um, let's see see what this looks like. And so I just diarized the end of that thinking time, um, and um, and then I had another baby, so I was brain dead again. Um, <laughs> so, and so um, just three months before that thinking time expired, IP wise, I engaged um, various different key consultants, and I basically said to them, be impartial. Does this fly? You know, you know, tell me if I should invest in this because every different stage that you go through, obviously, and the further and further you get through the IP process um, the more expensive it gets and it becomes, you know, an investment. It's not a hobby anymore to use the word that I was was using (laughs) at the beginning. So um, that becomes more um more of an investment there. And so I outsource that to uh, um, lactation consultants and to um, med tech commercialization experts, industrial designers. Um, and they just all came back with a resounding yes, why isn't this available already? Um, and, and so and so that was the, I suppose the sort of the formal start of, of Lactmo there, that investment. Um, and that was sort of mid to late 19. Um, and since then it's just been um, just been awesome in terms of the traction.
1: And now a quick word from our sponsors. As we've talked about many times on the show before, we need more femtech entrepreneurs improving women's health and wellness across every category, especially sex. I've made some new friends over at Dame Products who are doing just that. Dame Products is a women-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you, listeners. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from New York Times, W Magazine, and many more, including me. I recently purchased Dame's Partners Optional Bundle, which includes the Eva and the ARC Vibrators, plus Alu Lube. I used to sell sex toys in college and have never seen a design like theirs. The Eva has these small little wings that tuck under the labia for a hands-free experience. Also, their lube bottle comes with a grip slip. Think about the functionality, folks. I love it. Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost or on a journey of self-exploration, I'm sure they'll earn a spot on your nightstand. Visit dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off the site. This is a hell of a deal, y'all. Go to dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off and see what they can bring to your bedroom and beyond. And now back to the interview.
0: I had the opportunity to present at a conference um, in front of, it was 350 um, healthcare executives, C-suites, pharmaceuticals, there was some um, government representation there as well. Um, And it was just the perfect audience, professional audience, um, to get on the radar of and to um, really discuss the, um, you know, show the credentials of the product, even before I had a a realistic um, prototype there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the CEO of one of Australia's largest healthcare providers who approached me um, after my um, speech there. And. He was just awesome. He wasn't the sort of, you know, the typical supportive femtech um, demograph, dare I say it. Um, And um, but he was awesome. He a lot of um, a lot of not a lot of, but I've had various comments of, you know, people um, saying perhaps older males, dare I say it, saying, well, I didn't know there was a problem with breastfeeding. I've never heard of one. So therefore there isn't a problem. But he was awesome. And he just said to me, my wife is a hero she breastfed all of our five children she struggled but she battled on through it and I wish this had been available for her and I want this to be provided to every baby born in all of my hospitals which was an awesome first order Um, and really I think with any sort of startup it's that sort of snowball effect isn't it of you know each success leads to the next success and it's that sort of you know propelling um sort of movement there Um, so um so that was fantastic and um so yeah so getting back to the product so lactamo is um is essentially um a really soft um sphere with hollow surface lumps um it's um heated uh, heatable and coolable um and it's um filled with gel there um and it's specifically developed and designed for the elasticity of lactating breast tissue um which is obviously really specific there um and um and it's simple, it's reusable, it's affordable, um, and it's just really unique in addressing all of those um common breastfeeding problems there. Um so um so yes, yeah, so it's the, the traction from the um beginning has been has been awesome, as I said. Um and we've um just since then won different industry awards, giving it um you know the credibility and recognition um from there. So that evening where I presented at that conference, um It won um, the Actuator Award, which was a really prestigious award for MedTech in um, covering Australia and India there, which, you know, gave it that sort of platform Um, and then um, won Best New Business Idea um, Award um, the next year. So that was in 2020 at TEDx Sydney with St. George there Um, and announced as um, so for me, I was announced as female entrepreneur, um, emerging entrepreneur, finalist by women's agenda um just just recently there got some um government funding which is i'm just so grateful for um, various different um pre-accelerators um and different programs and everything there so um so yeah it's just um that was the start really um in mid to late 2019 of just this um really um really interesting journey um which and I think being the type of product it is as well um it's not just you know a new handbag not dissing new handbags very you know there's obviously a gap in the market for new handbags but it's the type of product which really um it's a social impact product um and it has um you know such um potential to um you know to to really um you know make a difference there and I think regardless of socio-economic status um breastfeeding is a common ground And the problems experienced are common, likewise, in that respect. Um, And so it really has the um, potential for social impact on a um, a global scale. Um, And just as I said before, I think what really kind of is the motivation behind it is to give mothers a better experience together with a better success. Mm -hmm. um, Certainly than what I had and certainly to improve on those sorts of statistics that we've got there.
1: Well this is amazing. Um now I know a lot of people are just listening in so they're like, wait, what was, what does it look like? So can you kind of get into a little bit more description of like how big is this ball? What color is yeah. this ball? How does it what does it feel like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's kind of like the size of a golf ball is the best most common um so sort of visual for it. Um and it's as soft as jelly. So it really is, is soft, um, and it's basically, it's a, um, a medical grade silicon, which is used on the outside, so food grade, obviously, as well, um, and that's um, it's it's incredibly soft there, and it's got these hollow surface lumps on it, um, slightly larger on one side, slightly smaller on the other side, um, just so you can use it, um, you know, as you need, it's always just going to be um, sort of uh, applied, um, you know, directly um, to, to massage um, your, your breasts in that way, um, and so It's basically um, gives um, mothers the ability to apply temperature so you can heat it or you can cool it. um, Movement, which is, you know, moving over the breast in that direction towards the nipple um, and slight compression there as well. And so the combination of those three key um, points there um, give Lactmo the ability to address um, all of those key breastfeeding problems, oversupply, undersupply. Pain, blocked ducts, engorgement, and infection, and um, and really excitingly, we've just completed a successful clinical trial, um, So here in Australia, which wasn't necessary to do with the um, the type of product it is. It's um it's a regulated product. It's um you know medtech product. So it needs that um, approval or that listing um, on um in the medtech space there. Whether it's um you know the TGA or the equivalent in in whatever jurisdiction there, um. So it wasn't a requirement. It's a it's a class one, which is, you know, the, the lowest um, standard of those types of um, approved regulated products there. Um but it was just I think there's there's just so much noise in the um, in the baby space in that sort of, you know, every mother needs these one million essential items. Otherwise, you'll fail as a mother, that sort of thing. So I really wanted to sort of, I suppose, distinguish the product from that noise yes you know you can get credibility from you know different awards industry recognition everything but i suppose i just wanted to have that sort of trial behind it to show mothers that it's not just another gimmick um and um and you know to to i suppose to showcase the credentials of it so in a sense it was a bit of a risk doing a trial because lactmo didn't sponsor it in any way so it was literally just a matter of Lactamo was at the mercy of it was Deakin University and the Western health partnership here in Australia um so they could have said it's absolute rubbish no mother liked I'm it not. in that trial, <laughs> and you know go away Lactmo. but what they actually said was um just how awesome it was and um and so I think every um every mother, in the trial would um said they'd recommend it um to to other mothers um and um yeah just some really great results there which is just a starter trial so it's the first um you know sort of basically an entry-level trial and you know looking at those first credentials of it um but it's a really um really exciting start to more more trials that we'd love to do don't have to do anymore and i think you know it's not a matter of um you know that the product should be on hold or whatever it's just looking into um those benefits, even further quantifying them as much as possible, which is a little bit difficult, but, you know, any further research um, that we could do there just to, um, I suppose, showcase the benefits essentially of breast massage um, for lactating mothers um, would be really excited. So the trial has been nominated for um, for um, one of the most prestigious awards in breastfeeding here in Australia, which is great because it really just, um, you know, that uh, all of this sort of recognition is is just Um, showcasing the credentials of the the product even more there so um so yeah fantastic um first start to it um the downside of being a regulated product is just that obviously I um Lactmo can't be for sale in other jurisdictions until it is um has gone through that um you know that exercise of ensuring compliance for that jurisdiction so that process of um that whole regulatory strategy is is underway at the moment but it's just going to be a little bit before that happens elsewhere so unfortunately just launching in Australia to start off with launching on the 1st of August which is um the start of World Breastfeeding Week so um yeah really just trying to um for that sort of for that launch just shine a spotlight on the um the really disappointingly um uh, low rates of breastfeeding and the disappointingly high number of common breastfeeding problems, which, um, you know, which can, can, can be addressed and should be addressed. And I'm really just trying to sort of be proactive about that.
1: Well, as we, you know, get closer to the end of this interview, I'd love for us to quickly kind of go through each of the problems, because even when you said oversupply, I was like, that's a problem. So can we just go through each one and say, how is it a problem? Like what's happening in the breast? um yep. because i think that's really interesting i didn't even know i just i didn't even know what specifically the issues were so oversupply how and why is that an issue for women
0: um, just imagine that you've eaten like a really big meal and that feeling of being so full, you're just like, I'm never going to eat anything again in my life, but translate that to your breasts. And so um, that feeling of engorgement um, and often, you know, that can lead to um, to other problems, engorgement, but blockages, that sort of thing. Um, and so um so, yeah, it's it's really addressing that that problem of of of, of too much milk there. Which um to be honest, the um the sort of the instructions and guidance for each of those problems, I've more um I, I've more asked um medical professionals to to um I suppose to go through all of that, like how to deal with it and you know what the recommendations are and everything. So um so I'm definitely not a medically qualified myself. Um but yeah, from a very sort of you know a layman's perspective, I can certainly say full, oversupply, actually. yeah, exactly, too full, under supply. It's just really that um sort of I suppose there's often a feeling of inadequacy, is, is what, um, what I've heard from my submarket research. And I even felt myself as well there, of thinking whether rightly or wrongly, I haven't got enough. Um, therefore, and you know, that you know, a hungry baby is an unhappy baby that, you know, potentially might not sleep as well. And, you know, sort of obviously that's you know an obvious problem there itself. Um, pain is is an obvious one just in terms of um, you know, um uh the the reasons for that and everything is is what um lactimo is is looking at addressing there but um block ducts which i think really um comes into a few of these different problems um can lead to various other problems as well and, and is inherently you know pain related as well
1: what is um, the duct you're referring to there
0: so the duct is basically um where and um, that duct is, is where the milk would be flowing um f- uh, towards the nipple there for the baby to be drinking so if you block any of those ducts. There's lots of ducts, but if you block a duct, that um, one in the first instance um, will be uncomfortable and can lead to, um, you know, to, to a lump in, in the area there, um, but it can also develop into an infection there as well, which is mastitis, which I was talking about there, um, and so, you know, just that proactive massaging um, of those areas is, is really is really beneficial, um, and that's something, there's lots of things I haven't touched on, but that's something which is a il- really interesting part of Lactamo, which is um, its um, ability to be proactive as well yeah, as we are, like a preventative but, rather than exactly. a
1: treatment for. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And there was a and um, some really fascinating studies, um, basically looking at um, the the benefits of breast massage in lactation, which you know all of those key points that I've uh, that I've said. But some fascinating studies that um, looked at um, they they had some um, results showing that that breast massage in lactation had the ability to significantly increase the quality of breast milk which is fascinating because there's there's all sorts of different you know throughout your breastfeeding journey your the composition changes and your body's just so clever um depending on the age so you know milk for a, a newborn is completely different obviously to milk for a two-week-old and then completely different, you know, so it goes in this various different cycles and adapts to the, you know, even to the heat or to your baby's needs or um, whatever there. So um, it's it's then kind of obvious to understand um, that that the composition of it can be. Um, you know even increase there um, in this sort of you know really exciting way so certainly don't want to say that um, you know that breast milk is bad quality without breast massage but just from a, um, a positive uh, way it was really interesting to look at that research and to we haven't really specifically looked into it for lactation. it's not the focus of it at the moment but really exciting to know that there is that potential ability to look into there to to see about improving the or helping with the quality of, of breast milk there so it's the lipids and the casein content content in particular
1: and what is blocking the duct what is it is it hard milk is it calcium like do we know what it is that blocks it
0: yeah absolutely so it can be a number of things but it's essentially just um the milk not flowing those those ducts are easily um you know they're they're small ducts there um and with with for for whatever reason whether it's that you're you know wearing a Bra that's too tight or you've been you know lying on that area or um it's just not that there'd be a lot of reasons why it might block um and and so it's just and it's it's not something that's necessarily indicative of a bigger problem it's just you know one of those things that um, you know that needs to be unblocked and, and is quite a routine thing for a lot of people but if you if it's left blocked then that's when it leads to um or can lead to a problem there
1: and that's mastitis right
0: Yeah, it can turn into mastitis. Um, So, so yeah, 20% of breastfeeding women um, uh, develop mastitis um, in their, um, in their journeys. Um, But, um, but it doesn't always turn into mastitis. And certainly if you can be um, proactive, if if you can manage it in that sort of way. Um, So, um, so yeah, so just about, um, you know, being proactive, and then if necessarily being, if necessary, being reactive as well.
1: Wow, I've learned a lot about, you know, the specific issues of breastfeeding and how they all need massaging, (laughs) apparently. Yeah, Well, I think, you know, if you
0: just think of a new mum, she's just, um, you know, 100% this bottle of hormones, basically, and emotion and everything. So it kind of, to me, you know, it makes sense, um, you know, how beneficial that sort of, um, you know, breast massage can be um, in breastfeeding. Um, And it's just a matter of translating it and making it easy. Um, And um, yeah, certainly, you know, I think back to, you know, my myself in those sorts of days, and I just wanted it to be spoon fed easy and um you know i yeah i can't think beyond that
1: well we have two last questions our listeners really love we have a lot of aspiring femtech founders that listen so what's an area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating
0: yeah oh it's a good question um i think um i think that you know, it's it's a relatively new and 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 recent focus on on FemTech there. Um and I think there's a lot of a lot of areas which are all really exciting. I, I still think to be honest, there's a lot more space for innovation in, in breastfeeding. Um and I know that there's you know all sorts of, especially in your sort of you know, your menstrual health and infertility, there's there's a lot of innovation happening there, um, which is really exciting in itself. But um I think that there's still more space for innovation in, in breastfeeding. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you can say that's a negative, that it's such an underserved area. Um, but you can also see it as a positive as well, that there's, there's more improvement that we can, that we can do. There's more help that we can give to mothers in that space. Um, and there's more, definitely more room for, for innovation there.
1: I Love it. And our last question is, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful?
0: um i think it's really the um a continue a continuation of that sort of spotlight um which is being which is being shone on it there um and and yeah i think that there's there's such um such a gap in it um and i think that um you know for for any new um for any new um business there there's there's lots of different points where um you know you can say you can look at um specific areas of it and identify different gaps there, but specifically um I think it's it's um specific to to femtech it's um really something where there's a lot of of room for innovation there, and so it's just really continuing with that sort of conversation and making sure that um that that people continue that energy um and and really see those those gaps in it there Um, and i think it's really great that women are feeling i suppose empowered to do that because i think that's where a lot of the the failing previously has been, um, you know, if you have, um, you know, a woman designing a product for, a, um, you know, for men's problems, or a man designing a problem for, um, for women's pro- a product for women's problems. Um, that's where there's that sort of lack in translation, I think, in the products um, in that sort of innovation space. So specifically for femtech, I think it's really great that women are being are uh, feeling empowered to do that themselves. Um, they're understanding that they're being supported, um, and specifically from an investment side as well. That there's um, an understanding, there's a lack of investment there. So, so no, I think that the future of um, innovation in the Fentech space is is really exciting um, and I think that um, you know the whole movement which obviously you're you're a big part of there and um, this whole movement it's it's a sort of a really a really great community of people you know helping each other in the same space and um, so I think that's really important there and I think um, I think uh, you know that any sort of progress that we make there is is only positive um, and is really just supporting women in the future where where we lack that at the moment.
1: Wow, I love it Thanks so much for your time this morning, <laughs> your time <Yeah. laughs> and uh, what, a, what an amazing product. I can't wait to uh, see it when it comes out. Great work.
0: Thank you so much, Brittany. Great to speak to you.
1: Thank you to our sponsor, Dame Products, and thank you listeners for listening to my interview with Etta Watts-Russell, founder and CEO of Lactimo. Can you believe the UNICEF has recently reported that no country in the world meets the recommended standards for breastfeeding? That is just insane. I have to imagine that it's not just because of breastfeeding difficulties, but also the lack of infrastructure to support women in the 21st century. We're forced to go back to work, we may be the sole caregiver of multiple children. I'm grateful that Lactimo is here, though, and available for women to make the process a little bit easier. Check out their product at lactimo.com. That's L-A-C-T-A-M-O.com. Alrighty, fem fans, be sure to give the show a five-star review and share it with a friend. Join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org and join the thousands of other femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a FemPro member for only $10 a month and get access to the FemTech Institute, which is a library of FemTech and startup lessons that are sure to help you advance your startup and teach you more about the FemTech industry. Keep an eye out for our monthly FemTech book club and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring donation of FemTech Focus because we are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.